A six-year-old takes a large knife and drives it into the heart of his stepfather because he mercilessly beat his mom. A young girl trafficked for her body, rescued. A young boy drugged, sexually abused by his uncle, waking up in a doghouse, an actual doghouse. Dr. Gary Brewster has worked with these individuals and more, and he has seen how Jesus offers them a brand new name, a new identity. Welcome, friend. This is Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 31. The horizon we're questing after here is that Jesus knows how life works best now and the future belongs to his kingdom. See the show notes page for this episode at JesusSmart.com. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, to restore us to our place of blessing, our place of dominion. Christ restores the Eden dynamic to our lives. Jesus especially reaches for the homeless, the disenfranchised, those barely hanging on, on the fringes. I'm excited about this conversation with Dr. Gary Brewster. There is redemptive lift in Jesus Christ. King David said there are pages of destiny written by God himself about you, about me, before we were born. We can touch what's on those pages right here, beginning right now. But I have to say, everybody, everybody has a call. Everybody is redeemable. And a lot of times we'll look at a homeless person and we'll think, well, why doesn't he just get a job? You know, it's not always that simple. Sure, that's what it needs to become eventually, that he's looking for a job. But the people that, that I'm dealing with here at our agency, uh, 34% of them are mentally ill. If we can get them the help they need, they can fulfill their calls. They can, they can sustain a job, mm-hmm. which are not always one and the same. And they can actually find themselves as productive people in the community. Can you give us a case study? Uh, is, is there a case study or a quick story of an individual that comes to mind, Gary? Gosh, because it's been, it's been a third of our people. But, um, it, it, you know, no names, it, but it, just a every case. Every other one, it seems like, is, is in that situation. Yeah, and I don't want to name a name. But, no, sure. Uh, there not. was one person in particular. He was, he was struggling with some things, had risen to a point of, of management, retail establishment, okay. lost his job because of some uh, mental struggles and difficulties, ended up on the streets, came in, ended up giving his life to the Lord, discovering that God had a purpose for him, got the help that he needed, was able to get back on track. This guy became one that was conducting Bible studies right here at the shelter, leading others to the Lord, bringing people to church, ended up getting a job once again in management, Mm. and saw things stabilized in his life. Uh, there was another young man that witnessed his mother being beaten over and over and over again. It's just a stepfather that had such malice in his heart. Sometimes his mother was beaten to the point where, where she couldn't even move and would be unconscious. And mm. at six years old, he plunged a, a butcher knife down into his father's chest, his stepfather's chest, and killed him to protect his mother from dying. Wow. And and there was all these struggles that he was going through, PTSD and just experiencing so many different mental illnesses. Yeah. He needed a, a time to heal, but once he was healed, we saw such goodness come out of his life. Wonderful things. There was a there was another girl that actually eventually she came from originally from Europe and was sold into the sex trade and mm. became 
is probably around 11, 12 years old. She was already being sold over and over again in the sex trade. She was rescued from that, brought to America, but ended up in a foster home where she was once again sexually abused. By the time she came to us, there were all of just such tremendous anguish and difficulty. God touched her, uh, began to start a healing process. The girl went on to, uh, um, she, she had all these wonderful talents, uh, could play the guitar, was, had a carpentry interest, also had um, a culinary interest, went on to a culinary school and, mm. and did well. But see, what we're seeing is that uh, the enemy wants to bring destruction, and in that destruction, different things become extra challenges. If we can say, we're going to help you, whether it's a mental illness challenge or a substance abuse challenge or whatever it is, to work through that, you will then have the opportunity to discover how you can bring God glory, how you can be a blessing to other people. And we see people of all walks of life discovering that, yeah, they did have a purpose, no matter what they were told. They might have been labeled as worthless, but they they do have a purpose. We had one young man that ended up living with his uncle, and and he would uh, wake up in the doghouse, literally in the doghouse, out back, naked, with his with his uh, anal cavity being sore, being very young, didn't know what was going on. It ended up that his uncle was drugging him and abusing him. Such challenges that, that this young man faced as he escaped and lived on the streets eventually ended up coming to us, but God restored and God made him whole. And only God can do those things. Mm. The enemy wants to destroy, but God's got these awesome plans for people. Yeah, I have come that you might have life right? Yes. That, that you might have it abundantly. And do you recall in the Garden of Eden, Gary, the Lord shows up and says, Adam, where are you? You know, when they're running now, mm. they're naked and they're naked and ashamed. Adam, where where are you? And, yeah. and Jesus has come to seek and save the lost. That's, that's what Jesus said of himself. It's to restore us to dominion, to restore us to our, our calling, our identity, our place again, in the garden and the devastation of, of a fallen Lucifer and the death and destruction that, that he he renders upon people. I, I think it's first John three eight says the Son of Man has come to destroy the works of the devil. The devil brings destruction, right. but the Son of Man has come to destroy his works. You know who Leonard Sweet is. I know you're a Leonard Sweet fanboy, right, Gary? Oh yes, absolutely. And and he says there's this real sense in which God is like the ultimate composter, you know, like the compost pile where we, th- we throw the leftover food or whatever into the compost pile in the garden, and then it, it, it composts, and, it, 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 and then it's used again for fertilizer. It's very rich. It's put into the soil in the garden, and, and God takes these things in our lives, and he composts mm-hmm. them and makes it nutritious for our future, helps uh-huh. us mm-hmm. with, with fruitfulness in our future. Man, I just appreciate what you and your team are, are doing there and how you're seeing these ideas of like... Mm-hmm the new name written on the stone, which no one knows but that individual and the Lord. It's a very private design issue. Yeah, we, we get glimpses of it as people live out of it. Yeah. But see, now this is the thing about it. I don't, I don't know that, that at a young age we just discover exactly what it is. I think it takes, a, it takes a lifetime. And it takes a lifetime of experiences of living out of it before we, you know, we fully discover what it is that God's calling us. And, you know, it could be that it takes us our entire lives 
to really fully understand that name. And would you agree, Gary, that it could be that it actually bleeds right into the new heavens and the new earth that we will conti- yes. continue to discover the fullness of what that what that is for us? He is such an awesome designer, and he has designed things into us and, and into how we can respond and what we can do. And, you know, you hear people give testimonies of, I didn't know that I had it in me until such and such happened. Hmm. I didn't know I was capable of such and such until, you know, a certain crisis hit in their life. And then they started to discover what they were really made of. Okay. You know, they got a they got a, a, a deeper glimpse of who God is in them. And I think that's really part of who it, what it is. You know, when you look at the bride and the groom concept, our groom is so glorious. Jesus is so glorious. And no one single individual can really reflect back the glory of this awesome groom. But as a whole, we begin to start reflecting back uh, one small facet Mm -hmm. to who this eternal God is, this wonderful God. And so even that one facet is more than what one life can really unwrap and unfold. Well, all that's already in us. That's already who he's made us. But sometimes we are content to live in the gutter. We're we're content to we settle, right? Go we by settle. The labeling we've been given. We live mediocre yeah. lives. We 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 settle, yeah. and, and we must resist that downward draft that wants us to settle right. and, and not give full expression to who we are. We have to, you know. I think Mark Sharona talks about this this phrase, redemptive lift. That there is redemptive lift available to God's children, and we need to spread our wings like eagles and pick up that updraft of of the spirit, yeah. Yeah. and 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 not settle, not not you know, live on the on the ground like some kind of a you know a bird that can't fly, you know, like a turkey right. or a dodo bird right. or something, but but soar, <laughs> yeah. soar as an eagle. I mean, there's these verses in Psalms 139 where you know David, King David, wrote Psalm 139. And uh, some months ago, Gary, I felt an understanding come to me from that chapter where, where he says, "Before I was born," it's a, it's it's really a sort of a parallel passage to Jeremiah one, you know. But he says, "Before I was born, all the days that were ordained for me were written down in your book." Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Like pages right. of destiny, and yeah. and what and yes. what came to me is we don't know everything that's in that book. Only God knows that. And as we've already said, even at our best state over the course of a lifetime, we're probably not going to give full expression to everything that's written in that book. It will probably take the ages to come, the new heavens mm-hmm. and the new earth, to fully express that. But what came to me was, was a couple phrases, Gary. Mm-hmm. Pray the pages. Oh, I like that. Even if you don't know everything that's on them, just get before God in faith and pray those pages. Just ask oh, him like to so manifest good. what's on. And further, take it another step, because we believe in full-spectrum Christ following. We believe in the fullness of the Spirit life. Prophesy the mm-hmm. pages. Proclaim yeah. them. Speak them over your life and over those you care about, over those you're called to influence, that what's on those pages will manifest, starting now, that it would manifest with God's speed, mm-hmm. right? What do you think about that? Psalm 139. That's awesome. I, I love that. I love that because, you know, like we were talking about how, how God, like, like you said, he's already written this, he's already seen it. And so our interaction with him, pray the pages, our interaction with him is saying, uh, God, fulfill this in my life. I want this. Prophesy the pages. You know, that's interesting that you'd say that because we always think about prophecy being about the future. But, you know, you learn back in, in seminary that it's about the, the now word of the Lord. 
and it's about the future word of the Lord. Yeah. And most prophecy is about the now word of the Lord. So it means there's a page right now that you can go to and you can say, you can call it out. Yeah. That this is, you know, and I don't know what people are going to be going through that are listening, but, you know, maybe someone's dealing with uh, a child who's a, a substance abuser or they're co-occurring and they've got a substance abuse and alcoholism. And you're thinking, uh, I don't know what to do. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe it's time to start calling out the promise that God has made for that loved one. Speak it out. Speak out the now word of the Lord over that person. Yes. The page has already been written in a good way, yeah. not in a destructive way. So speak it out with God. Be the voice upon the earth that calls it out, that unites with His voice that's already saying it. Yeah, amen. That's already written it, as you said. Yeah, and when God writes something, guess what? It's going to happen. I mean, I mean, there is nothing like the power. I mean, the, even researchers are saying today that if you write your goals down or if you write affirmations, there's something very powerful that happens. You know, there's this right. thing called neurolinguistics that when you pick up a pen or a pencil and you actually write, there's a there's an imprinting on your on your on your brain. There's something very powerful that happens with with writing. But when God writes, like when Jesus, what did he write in the in the dirt with the adulterous woman? We don't know. But whatever yeah, it was, yeah. it must have freaked yeah. everybody out because <laughs> When when, uh-huh. <laughs> when the Lord writes, or 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 like Daniel with was it Nebuchadnezzar or, or Cyrus yes, or somebody with the finger when, writing in the the finger yeah. on the wall, man, the hand. That's where the phrase "the handwriting on the wall" comes from. I mean, I'm telling you, when God mm-hmm. writes, nothing mm-hmm. can stop it if we will right. align ourselves and believe. And so I, exactly. I I agree with you. We can pray those pages. And again, we don't know everything that's on those pages. It is an act of faith. You know, we call right. those things that are not as though they are, just as um, God did in, in Romans 4 with Abraham. Because, you know, the enemy's writing stuff, too. And and the thing is, sometimes when we get caught up in that destructive thing, we get caught up in the thing that doesn't bless people. We get caught up in that thing that's that's dark, ugly, or dirty. We're saying, it doesn't look like anything was, was good written about me. Well, you know what? You're reading the wrong page, reading the wrong book. The wrong script. It's the wrong script, my friend. Change books. And it takes a while. You know, sometimes you start reading. It's like, well, I just read a word in it. And I don't see any change immediately happen. Well, sometimes the changes that happen happened under the ground first. Mm. Remember when Jesus walked by the fig tree? Yeah. And and he cursed the fig tree. That's right. And they went on, came back later on. And then one of the disciples called it out, and he said, hey, it's, it's withered from the roots up. From the roots because up. Because the change started immediately, but it, you couldn't see it immediately. It, that's good, Gary. You know? It started as soon as he said it, under the ground. But the next day when they and came back, the, yeah, the whole tree was dead the next day, but <laughs> it started mm-hmm. when he said it. That's right. You, you set those wheels in motion. So, so here's the takeaway, friend. Get yourself a journal. Pick mm-hmm. up a pen, right? Mm-hmm. And, start, okay. and start writing things. Just scriptures that come to you or suggestions mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit about your life and about your world, those you care mm-hmm. about, those you're called to influence. You know, promptings from the Holy Spirit, even directives from the Lord that you know are clear and direct, but write these things down mm-hmm. and go mm-hmm. back and look at it. I mean, put your smartphone down and just go back to that <laughs> journal. You know, it's, it's not uh-huh. so smart, actually. It kind of makes us dumb. I'm not sure why it's called a smartphone, but... The research is saying it makes us dumb if we if we look at it too much. But anyway, look at that journal and uh-huh. and review what you receive and rehearse it and say it and pray it, right? And prophesy it. Oh, that's good. And just keep doing it. Keep doing it. It will manifest. 
it will manifest right. over time. I mean, that's a takeaway right there. And I'm absolutely I'm I'm all for telling kids and even adults take some of that phone time, that tablet time you're using right now, and cut it in half and use the other half for journaling and meditation and visualization and prayer. Absolutely, and it'll oh, it'll good. it'll I believe it'll rock your world. I really do. I think so too. And, and, you know, let me say this, too, about, about, about what you're saying. Here's something that comes to mind. Sometimes we get a picture in our head that we don't fully understand, and we'll think, oh, you know, like we wrote these things down, and when we wrote them down, we thought they would play out in a certain way that would be typical or that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Once again, the uniqueness of our calls. Like people will say, who do you want to be like? You can't say fully who you're going to be like. You have to write down in your journal, what is it that God is speaking to me about me, about what I'm going to be like, what I'm going to look like. And and we expect things to play out a particular way. And I, I can remember prophetic words that have been given to me. I would think, oh, it's going to play out in this kind of a way in a church. And then I'd look for it, and then I wouldn't see it. Later on, I would see it in a way that I did not expect it. Yeah. And yeah. it would come back to me, and I'd remember, oh, yeah. This is what it is. I had no idea that it would look like this because I was imagining somebody else's life and how it played out for them, thinking that it would be the same for me. I agree with you that that is something that that happens like all the time. And mm-hmm. I mean it's like the I think the ultimate designer reserves the right to surprise us with his design. It is his design and and we've just temporarily in our lifetime we sort of misinterpreted it or or missaw it. Oh, yeah. Uh, misthought yes. it, what it would be. But, and guess mm-hmm. what, Gary? Is it true that it always ends up being better? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I'm, I mean, it ends we, up we being. We don't understand better, always. Wait, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, the hindsight, the 2020 thing, the, the perspective of time, but looking back, we can see that, oh, man, I'm glad that it came about in that way. Than, right. it, than it did in, right. in the in the more limited way or perhaps the not quite accurate way that I was thinking. Yes. And so we have to trust the designer on that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, this reminds me of a story of something that happened to me one time that was somebody had given me some kind of a word and they said, you know, I see where you're going to be with uh, some news reporters and this kind of thing. And I thought, oh, okay, this is going to happen. and It'll happen in the next couple of years. And I was imagining some exciting thing happening in church that would catch the news or something. It didn't happen that way. And then two years went by, it didn't happen. Five years went by, didn't happen. Ten years, didn't happen. Then one day, I got a call from somebody who had done several uh, news reports on some things that we were doing at the shelter, and she said, when you go out in the middle of the night and do the point-in-time count, I want to follow you with a camera, and we're going to do an update every half an hour on the local news and we're just going to do a, a, a check-in, and we're going to do this throughout the night and then continue on in the morning. I had no idea when I was given that prophetic word mm. that this uh, young lady getting involved in, in journalism and news reporting and her cameraman, they would be following me through abandoned buildings and through the woods to in, in homeless encampments and, and in culverts under parking lots and things of that nature. And, and the, you know, I was imagining the pristine and the glorious, and I was not imagining trudging through human refuse in, in some of the most difficult places with a cameraman being there. Wow. Then in between shots, when we weren't doing our updates, as we, I would say, okay, now we're going to go to such and such a place, and I would begin to start recalling stories of people whose lives had become redeemed out of those geographical locations, and it became a thing that touched the hearts 
of those news reporters in between our updates. And when, when it was happening, I realized this is that particular word wow. fulfilled, and it's not the way I thought it was going to happen. But that's what pleased the Lord, right? That was yeah. part of the design and part of what brings glory to Him, right? And a witness of that through media... So, Gary, what are two or three key takeaways we can give the listeners today? Revelation 2.17, I will give you a white stone and a new name written on the stone. What can we do, Gary? Do we need to pray? Pray into the name on the stone? We don't know oh, what absolutely. it is. And be open. And be open and, and just ask for it to come to you. And, and this is the thing. Any negative thing that's ever been spoken over, over our listeners, I can guarantee you 100% for sure that is not God's that what God's calling you. It mm-hmm. is absolutely not. Right. Everything that he that he has called anybody, it always has to bring him glory. If anything spoken over our listeners does not bring him glory, that's not what you are called. Now it could be close. It could be it it could be, you know, do the flip side of it and oh now I see it. Just really quickly, there was a woman that, that I had met that used to be a, a prostitute. She found out, no, I'm supposed to be a worship leader. You say, How is that the flip side? Uh it was well, I don't. I don't want to get into details. You can kind of see what's going on there. It was. It was. She got into this intimate and passionate, loving place with the Lord when she led worship. That was just tremendous. So this is what I'm saying. If it's negative in any way, that's not you. You've missed it. Somebody else has. Okay. Missed so it. are you saying in her case that the intimacy and the passion and yes. the union with Christ it was yes. perverted in her life by the devil? Yes. With corrupted. It's, it can't even call it intimacy. It was just lust and abuse at the hands of, of others, right? So right. It, it's it's like the inversion or the corruption of her true identity and calling. I see that. Right. That was not her call. Was not her call. Right. And in Cuba, there are young young pretty girls. I, I've I've been there. I helped set up a, a program there. There are young pretty girls there that the Communist Party says your job that will be good for the state will be that you become a prostitute. It, it, is, it is not a call. It is absolutely not a call. But what I'm trying to say is this, though. Anything that's negative in any way, any labeling that anybody has ever given to anybody that's been le- that's negative in any way, it's not your call. So first step is reject all things that don't bring God glory. That's not you. You're created for something better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Key takeaway there. Go ahead. Here's, here's the second takeaway that I think we have to see. It has to be fulfilled in some way that people are blessed. If it's all about you, then it's not your call. It's got to be in such a way that God is into people. He is into his church. He is into his bride. He is into his bride being blessed. And so maybe you're, you're, you're heading in the right direction, but in some way it's been selfish it's put you on the throne. Okay. It's put it's put self in the limelight in some kind of a, a way that it's all about you. No, no. Uh, maybe you're getting close, but it's got to be something that blesses people. Yeah, there's going to be a ceiling over that, right? And it's not going to be fulfilling. Right. So it's not your full call. You're you just got a glimpse of the name, but you weren't quite understanding your name. There you go. So that's the second thing. Look for how. Your name and your calling can be utilized in such a way people are blessed. How can you add and multiply value to others? Our zeal should be whatever setting we're in, even physical settings or relational context, how can I bring value here? How can I serve it, right? 
That's excellent, Gary. I think that's the second takeaway here. Okay. And, and if we could say this too, understand this, no matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, no matter what you were forced to do or you chose to do, you're redeemable and your call is redeemable. There was a, a young man that a friend of mine was just recently ministering to, and he was forced to do some things in, in, uh, in the Middle East as a soldier that he, he had to do. It was, it was part of his protecting America and protecting democracy. And when he got back, when he had left, his, his wife was pregnant. When he got back, there was a, a child that was born. She took the child, and she greeted him on the tarmac and, and held the child out to him. He pushed the child back, and she said, why won't you take your daughter? And he cried, and he said, she is so pretty, and she is so pure and so beautiful. I don't want to taint her. And this is the thing. This, this gets my heart. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter where we've been. We're redeemable, and our calls are redeemable. And he is casting a white stone no matter what is going on. And it doesn't matter if you are 99 years old. It's not too late. It's not too late to start. It's redeemable. Yes, right. Yes. It's, not, it's not too late to start questing for accuracy and aligning yourself to that, to that stone, yes. to that name, to those pages right. in Psalm 139. That's another key takeaway, Gary, that it's not too late. And exactly. isn't, isn't there a verse, Gary, that says that the callings of God are irrevocable? I think the old version said without repentance, but that's exactly what it means. Irrevocable. Yeah, they the cannot, they cannot be spoken against, and, and right. as far as God's concerned, they cannot be stopped. Right. Again, we have our part to play in flowing with that, but mm-hmm. they're irrevocable. Well, Gary, exactly. I, at any I, uh, point you're at, live it. That's right. I appreciate this. Gary, you need to, I don't know, create some kind of a resource on this teaching or something. You need to make this somehow available to people. I tell you what... I would like to do that someday. Yeah. Would would you mind praying over these words in what will be Mm. these two episodes? Uh, Would you mind praying for the listeners and just asking that, you know, the Holy Spirit would bring this to reality in lives? I would love to. Lord, I want to thank you that you have called each and every one of us. Lord, I want to thank you that you love us so intimately and and you have specifically designed us in order to be able to bring you glory. Lord, you've designed us that we have a valuable place, a valuable place that nobody else can take that spot. Lord, we have a place in the wall that if we're not there, there's a hole. And Lord, I want to ask that every person that's listening that, that may feel at this moment like, well, not me, everybody around me, but but what about me? Or people that have felt like that whatever their call was, it was so limited and, and it doesn't bring you glory. Lord, speak to them. God, I pray that they would start hearing your voice and they would see that you have created them for wonderful and glorious things. Lord, I pray that they would start learning how to be able to live out of their name, that they would start Start learning that you've already paid the price and you've already hidden manna Mm -hmm. for them that is going to nourish them and allow them to interact with their habitation around them that you've placed them in. You've already given them everything they need. And Lord, I'm asking that that as, as people hear this, that they would be stirred to say, I want to know the caller. It's not enough to just know my call. I want to know the caller. And God, I pray that they would realize that you've already drawn them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be drawn. You're already there, and they can open up to you. 
Lord, I'm, I'm reminded of a young man that recently said that, that a good God would not, would not take my mother. God, you're a good God. You're a good God. I pray that whatever bitternesses and obstacles and struggles that people have, that they think that you have done something that is some way dark, I pray that they would realize that everything you do is good. Every way that you relate is good. Everything about you is good. And I pray that they would know the goodness of you, their Heavenly Father. You're such an awesome God. Lord, I pray this for each and every one that is listening. And I pray that those that already know their call, I pray that they would just go deeper and deeper into knowing the caller and fulfilling their call. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We, we agree together. My friend, we need the story of your life. We need it, right? We need the glory of your life and the music of your life. And we need your story to fit under his large story mm-hmm. and yes, uh, under right. his glory and under the music that he's playing. And this mm-hmm. is what it's about, calling and identity. Jesus has made it available. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I so appreciate this, Gary. What is the best way for somebody to contact you? Probably the best way would be to just email me. My email here at, at MATS, MATS stands for, by the way, the Ministerial Association Temporary Shelter. Okay. And so uh, we call it MATS, M-A-T-S, one, one T. So my email is Director of MATS, that's all one word, D-I-R-E-C-T-O-R-O-F-M-A-T-S, Director of MATS, at gmail.com. Excellent. Director of MATS. With an S, right? Yes. M-A-T-S at gmail.com. Well, Gary, thank you for carving out time today. And I know oh, that uh, I believe that people are going to find this uh, not only inspirational, but directive and instructional, transformational. There are show notes pages connected with these episodes that you can go to. And perhaps uh, further resources might be on those pages to dive deeper into some of these themes. Hey, thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. I value Gary Brewster, his understanding, and the work that he does. Insist on your calling. Lean into your identity. By faith, access the name Jesus gives you. The more of us who rise to this, the better. Our communities will be elevated. The world itself will be blessed. Thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and other podcast apps. It helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them, plus it keeps you connected. Here's a great idea. Grab a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media. Tag it as you see fit, or you can just share it directly from your favorite listening app. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. You can leave your thoughts and questions there, and there's also a contact page to reach out directly. I want to encourage you to explore the Apostolic Christ Following series. These are bite-sized minisodes. I'm excited for the edges we're pursuing there in that series. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant. It's powerful. Make it a smart week and all the best until next time.